Hello, and welcome to the Ponder Podcast. I'm Aaron, and today's episode is not planned. It's very freeform. I don't really know why I started this recording, but I think it has to do with just feeling um, odd about, I guess, where I'm at right now and seeing if this kind of audio diary will do anything about that. I, yeah, I'm kind of slow to start here, and I don't exactly know what to say. Um, I've just been thinking a lot about people I interact with, and... I don't know, the way in which we communicate and how we do so. Sometimes we say things that uh, we think mean one thing and then other people take it as completely different. Or we're actually trying to say a different thing by saying this other thing and by saying that thing, other people are confused and conversations go nowhere and trust is not built it's questioned and things you know usually go downhill after communication and trust do as well so i was just thinking about um you know the way i communicate and what i mean by what i say and i think that i communicate with um a couple things as my priorities usually it starts out as an emotional expression. I'm just trying to get this other person to understand where I'm at emotionally. Like, you know, whatever subject it is, it's usually I'm telling them how I feel about it first and what I think about it and the possibilities of this other thing. Um, but I think I'm getting my head ahead of myself here. Um, I'm really expressing at the beginning the emotion behind what I'm hearing. So if they're telling me something, I'm reacting in a certain way. I'm giving them kind of raw feedback of how I feel about it. Uh, if they're asking me questions in which I have to think of a more thoughtful response, then yeah, things get a bit more complicated then because I'll be thinking about... Um, yeah, what they're saying. And my mind tends to go off on tangent, tangents and possibilities. I think of what they're saying, but then also like the 80 million other things that uh, either they could be saying or they could be not thinking of. So like, um, you know, they're talking about one subject, but I'm like, okay, well, or maybe they're making an argument. And I'm thinking of like, the six other sides of that argument um, upon in which I feel is the best one or the one that they miss. Um, or if they're asking me to, you know, consider something, to think about something, I am, um, yeah, maybe taking it back a bit. I usually am like a pretty slow, methodical internal processor. So making, you know, quick judgments and really giving answers, you know, right now, right now, um, isn't my thing. 
So if they're asking me for a question, I, I, you know, I might spew out a few, you know, initial impressions, but for the most part, I'm not going to be giving my, you know, thesis on anything. I don't have anything pre-written for what I'm saying. So, um, in a conversation, I would, you know, give a pretty short response, but, um, and I think that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at here is that, um, it takes me a while. It takes me a while to, uh, get things out from my brain, uh, to my mouth. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't want to flow out very naturally. And, you know, I think a lot of times people expect me to give a response, you know, uh, the second of, and I really don't have too much time to think. It takes me, uh, you know, long time, uh, a longer time to take in really what every possibility and like the wholeness and like the theme of what they're saying and the kind of the abstract nature of maybe the concept and where my intuition leads me, what my past experience tells me, you know, all these things come into consideration when someone asks me a question, um, or wants me to evaluate an argument or, you know, or we're just discussing something. Um, some people are good on the fly and they're just like good by, you know, saying this is good, this is bad. And this is what I do like, what I don't like. Uh, for me, it's not nearly as fast or as seems, seems to be like almost automated for them, but it's not really for me. And the best I can give is just my feelings and just, I feel, you know, conflicted about this. I feel good about this. I feel bad about this. I feel, um, a certain other way, or I feel 50, 50, you know, I'm on the fence about it. Um, those, those are my, you know, initial thoughts and reactions to things that I can say and I can give in response, but oftentimes I feel like that's not good enough and it also doesn't do me any favors really with people. Um, I think that I, uh, I tend to lack that, that feedback that people want a lot of times that, you know, I don't know, kind of like on the fly, you know, and maneuverability that, um, seems to be valuable. Um, I'm just not like that. It's just not me. Uh, I've never been like that. And I don't think I, uh, will ever get there because it's just so much of an internal dialogue and so much of an internal thing with me that, uh, it doesn't come out quickly. And, you know, I think that frustrates people at times. Um, I think that's, I think I, fr I frustrate myself with it, um, sometimes and it makes me want to answer faster. And when I do that, I usually, spit something off the top of my dome and off the top of my head and whatever comes out is what I say. And cause I want to have an answer. I want to have something of value, something of input for them, but it's not always the case where I get to do that. And I feel uh, a bit nervous when I do that, but it's become a habit. Um, it's not me, but I, do it so that uh, things can move along quicker or I can get to a subject or maybe that response will give me more time 
to think and offer a new response later. I don't know, it'll buy me some time, I'm kind of thinking. But yeah, when I say those things, it's never, it's never like truly accurate. And I think, you know, there's wisdom in holding your tongue and thinking about what you're going to say. But I've bypassed that nature of mine to provide people with a satisfactory answer to please them. And it, I don't know if it's gotten me in trouble quite yet, but it definitely, I, I feel a certain way about it and it's not good. Um, I don't feel myself, but I also feel really conflicted to just say something right away. Um, even if it's dumb, which again, uh, brings a whole lot of conflicting thoughts and, uh, emotions to me while I do that. And I just can't think of another way to do it because of the kind of interfering emotions of it and I and I think even now I find myself grasping for words to spew um, so that there's not dead air or space in this recording um, yeah I uh, I find myself grappling with this more than I expected and uh, I think it's all connected to, um, yeah, wanting to please others, but also, um, in this output of audio, this kind of creative thing that I wanted to pursue, um, there's a big part of me that wants to get it right, to make it just how I imagined it, to make it just how I... Uh, envisioned and hoped it would be and you know all these big lofty goals for it but at the end of the day um it's not going to be exactly as I want it or by the end of the week it's not going to be how I want it and time eventually runs out on me and I I you know have to keep to what I wanted to keep to um putting out something every week and not worrying about whether it's perfect or not uh not what not worrying about every single you know second of how i you know pause or how i uh say um or um i'm not saying something of substance um I think that's all a part of what my brain calculates uh, during these. And, you know, I've just been reading um, a lot of the uh, book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And she's, um, you know, really been going into the process of creativity in that book. Um, and I've also been listening to a lot of Brene Brown, whom, um, is, you know, researcher, social worker, uh, author, um, and now podcaster. Um, and she's talked a lot about, you know, creativity and vulnerability, which is kind of the two things in which I hoped this podcast would mostly be. Um, I knew, I knew I wanted to make this podcast about my journey and about, my own thoughts and experiences and what I had to say 
truly expressing my full opinion um, given, which I don't you know, usually get to do very often. And, you know, seeing if people related uh, through the vulnerability and creativity of it, um, I really wanted, um, yeah, people to connect with what I had to say, um, see if there was actually anybody because I didn't know. Um, and, you know, the creative part of it is really the part that uh, makes it so much harder because I want to produce something good and valuable and vulnerable. Um, actually, you know what? They're kind of both really hard. Um, being vulnerable uh, with, you know, people who listen um, and being also, you know, creative and productive about making this thing has challenged me and has made me, you know, grow in a certain aspect, um, kind of get serious, <laughs> you know, in my other creative endeavors, you know, there's stuff on the line, but it was never really as vulnerable as this, you know, I think, um, you know, a painting can be vulnerable, but it's not typically, uh, it's not one for one here. I'm like speaking into your ears, you know, this is pretty intimate. Um, and I'm being very kind of plain about it. And that's different. Um, that's kind of scary. And, you know, now it kind of matters. And I'm not doing it for, you know, I'm not explicitly doing it for others. I'm doing it for myself and others. There's just like, you know, it's kind of like this flip-flop back and forth between that, um, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert gets into in her book, Big Magic, and it's the simultaneous doing of, I'm just doing it because I love to create things and also doing it because, you know, I find value in it and other people might too. And, you know, all these other different external reasons. The number one reason mainly being because I want to and keeping that number one, I guess is the struggle as well, the juggling act of, oh, I want to do it for just me. And if no one hears it, if it's just out there and two people see it, that's completely fine. And being okay with that. Or if nobody sees it, or if a million people see it. Whatever way it is, I did it first off because I wanted to, because um, I thought it was worthwhile, because I love being creative and making things. And that's, you know what she explains and what I try to go for because I think that is the best reason to create things not to get too serious with it and not to do it unnecessarily but to do it because it's about living a create creative life and part in doing that is just making it making things and being creative non-stop or you know, incorporating it really, and just getting over the hurdles, getting over the barriers of being creative, because there's so much fear, there's so much hesitation and worry and um, burdens that we can place on being creative, uh, instead of letting it be uh, its own thing, letting it be freeing or rejuvenating or um, empowering, we often let it be 
um, a burden, a, a leech on us, a, um, a high task, a, you know, impossible task to do because we make it so much bigger than it has to be. Um, we make it so much more important than it has to be or lofty. And, you know, that really, really hit home with me or it really resonated because it was exactly kind of what I do. I remember just jumping back and forth between all of those things and making it, making art, making creativity, this kind of burden or this cloud rather than making it like, you know, a feather or like something that just is good because it's what God made me to do and it's replicating what he does or did. And, you know, I, 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 you know, reserve full rights to say, I don't know. Um, or like, I'm not doing that or like failing, you know, uh, it's weird, but, you know, I think being creative gives so much opportunity for, you know, failure or for things to fall so much lower than what we hope or expect. And, you know, I think I, I, I struggle to be fully ready for that, um, for that sort of possibility. I'm usually, I'm, I am a pretty optimistic person. I usually think of the best possible scenario, a bit of an idealistic person. And I go off that and that makes me start things, but then doing them continually, um, is where I usually stop. And that's no, it's no, it's not a good way to live. Um, uh, it's, it's not seeing much through and the end results are much less satisfying than finishing things really and seeing them through. Um, there's a lot of disappointment in living like that. And, you know, that's kind of what I did. I just hopped from project to project to dream to dream. That's part of who I am. A lot of daydreaming um, about different things and projects and life stages and choices, but uh, never really finishing any of those projects um, or doing them or maybe even starting them. You know, who knows? There's there's a lot of things I didn't do. Um, but coming back to, I guess, being afraid of failing at those things, um, uh, it's a big hurdle. It's a big hurdle for me. And, you know, in all honesty right now, I don't know how I'll do um, in the future to get over it or what I'll do because uh, there's a certain dissatisfaction with, you know, letting go of something that is so much reflectant of myself and just letting it kind of flounder. You know, the thought of that really hurts. Um, where I am, you know, basically putting a piece of myself in into the world and letting it sort of flop and try to fly and not knowing that it's not 
fully there. It's not fully cooked. It's not super ready, but just shoving it out there anyways. Um, it's kind of nerve-wracking, and it's disappointing. Because um, the goal, really, I guess, or one of the main benefits to me of doing this is to be related to and understood. And if that can be accomplished, great. But when it fails or is I'm misunderstood, oof, um, big, big um, disappointment there. Um, it's kind of the opposite of what I would have liked and the opposite of what um, I strive for. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's something I know very well because um, I get misunderstood, I think, in real life. And I have for many, many years uh, with many, many people. Um, and I can tell you it's not a fun feeling uh, being misunderstood. Uh, I think that's the root cause of why I even made this, um, is just feeling misunderstood, unknown, unrelated to, and, you know, wanting to have my side of the story be, you know, fully thought out, fully explained, fully realized. And I sometimes don't think that even in my words, even through this recording, that I can be understood. It's kind of like the main, I don't know if it's the main, but it's one of the bigger uh, fears of mine is just never being fully understood or uh, akin to that, being like not fully understood, so misunderstood, being misunderstood, and also being understood but then just like not approved of so like someone understands my story and me but then are like yeah i don't want anything to do with this like that's real tough like imagine someone being like wow i know you very 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 well but i want to have nothing to do with you ouch that would hurt so much um and you know, if you're connecting the dots here, there's obviously an aversion to being, I guess, open um, because of that possibility. You know, there's a much worse possibility than just being, you know, misunderstood. It's being understood and then being rejected. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not the best feeling for sure. Um, but I guess that's the risk, right? That's the risk I take. Um, that's the process, I guess, or, you know, there's, there's, uh, many possibilities. Um, that, and that's the one I just listed is just one of them. Um, but you know, I guess I'm trying to think through, uh, it right now. And there are many possibilities for good things to happen. Um, there's many possibilities for, me to say something kind of ripe for understanding, but people understand it. You know, I could word something oddly. I could word something off the cuff and people could still understand me for its original intent. Um, you know, 
I don't have to be incredibly accurate all the time, um, even though I am compelled to be um, via my past. I, um, you know, I could be, but, you know, people, I think, are also very willing to be accepting a lot of times, um, especially when uh, vulnerability is being shared. I don't, I don't think most people like judge super hard, um, when they see someone really being vulnerable. I don't know, you know, maybe that's just me, but, um, I find it hard to judge someone who's actually really putting themselves out there and, you know, going into the arena, as Brene Brown would say, um, going to the arena naked, really, um, are her kind of exact analogy. And, you know, that's um, another part of it, um, which is the criticism. Um, there's, you know, going into the arena, going in naked, and then meeting criticism from viewers. Um, Brene Brown says to, you know, not listen to them and to really have your people in your corner and not to focus um, on them. You know, don't take words of someone who isn't in the arena, you know, affect you because uh, you're out there doing your thing and that's what matters. Um, and having people in your corner matters. Um, yeah, and um, that sort of drive um, to be accurate is in order to not be misunderstood, to not be criticized and judged for something I'm not, and to be known. Um, and I'm someone who doesn't really, like, thrive off of negative feedback, or feedback in general usually makes me uncomfortable, because even if it's positive, I'm kind of like, okay, well, like, are you just saying that to be nice? Or is it actually bad? And you're just saying this? And it's just like, oh, we'll find out later. Uh, yeah, or, or like, it's actually really hurtful when someone says, like, the thing you've been working on is absolute dog doo-doo. Um, but I suppose it's semi-helpful just to know. Um, yeah, and, and you know, criticism um, is hard, but, um, and, you know, the way I dealt with it in the past was just to... Um, not really make it relevant. I really just didn't take it in. I'd kind of theorize and outthink it or detach from it, compartmentalize was really more of what I did. Um, like with art, we go into critique um, each other's art. And uh, when my turn came up, my heart would be beating very fast. But, um, and sometimes, you know, most times it was good you know they're like oh this is a thing and you did that and that kind of works because of this and this works a little less and i'd be like oh okay cool 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 no problem like whatever but i remember this one girl being very like she was really good in the class she was like getting an a and her and the professor were like on the same page all the time and that's just um 
how how she was and then when she came to me and my art was on the line she kind of just like ripped into it uh it wasn't she wasn't trying to be harsh or anything but she really kind of like tore to pieces in like a smart way and i was like dang it like wow like you made some good points but that was hard to hear (laughs) and um i remember being like yeah so what okay whatever i don't care you know like whatever i don't really care about your opinion um but that's all a lie because I actually did care. Um, and I was just trying to tell myself to protect my ego um, because um, I didn't want to, you know, face the music, I guess. But uh, I spent a lot of time and an effort on that. And she was kind of right about it, though. I didn't really complete the task at hand. I did my own thing, which... You know, most times works, but in that in that case, it backfired because I was not on objective, and there was many things off about what I did. Though it was good, it was just not what was asked of me, and that kind of you know led to the descent uh, of my work. Um, but you know, it's usually you know that's kind of the rare case. The more often case is like oh, it's great, it's fantastic, you know, a hundred out of a hundred, and I'm like, you know, I need a couple of those in my, in my life, but I don't need, like, a lot of that, I just need some, you know, I need, I need the true, like, this is great, and I'll take that in, I just kind of need one or two of those, three of those, you know, a corner of those, handful, and I, and then I can take the real stuff, you know, uh, so I have that handful of stuff, good compliments and reactions so that I can fall out and say like, oh, well, at least someone liked it. You know, at least a few, you know, liked it. And that's that's, not, that's what I'm going for. Not a million, billion, everybody in the world really loves it. Although, cool if that happens. But really, it just matters about the few, you know, who really, really like it. You know, I'd rather have like like a handful, like I said, of people really getting it into it. Um, and then maybe a couple others who like it, but, you know, have their issues with it, but still follow it. Um, and then, and then the haters and and the critics, you know, on the margin and that'd be great. Um, again, numbers irrelevant. It could be a million, trillion, billion, or like 10. I, I don't care very much. It would be cool for either of them. For anybody, really. You know? Right? Um, it's kind of my stance on it. Um, and, yeah. Uh, this 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 episode is not going to be edited out of the practice of making it as vulnerable and as real. Um very very low editing if any and you know i'm just gonna see how it goes um as a practice and as a discipline of just making things letting it be all that it is with its imperfections um 
and not worrying over the kind of small minute and things that hold me back perfectionism um yeah that's a good topic too perfectionism because i never related with perfectionism i never i was never a super detail oriented person i was always like eh it's okay um i i lived around and was in contact with a lot of detail oriented people throughout my life and so i picked up a couple of their habits but i never felt like i was a deeply detail person at least in the physical realm like i was never like you know all my books are in a stack in order or my fork could only be you know at 90 degrees the whole time you know or like crossing my t's and dotting my eyes it it mattered but it just mattered if i could read it or not you know if i could then i wouldn't but if i couldn't then i'd, I'd do it you know it was it was functional as long as it was functional you know so be it um but where was i going with that um but then okay so but then perfectionism came around and I was like, oh, you know, I'm not a detail-oriented person. It doesn't have to be super, um, you know, precise or, precise isn't the word, but, you know, um, gridded, you know, it doesn't have to be super, you know, well-prepped. But um, the perfection came, perfectionism came out when I wanted it to be exactly what I meant. It couldn't mean anything less than what I meant or what I envisioned. Um, and it was all about intention and the feeling I got from it and the vibe it put off and the messaging. It wasn't about um, whether for this podcast or for my paintings or for any sort of creative work. It wasn't for the, you know, stroke to be perfect. It wasn't for the audio to be as crispy as it could sound or anything else it was always for the messaging the emotion the intention was it hit upon or did i really nail it in the head if i did i would you know be great with it and it'd be fine but most times i wouldn't and so i'd mull over it and mull over it uh, again and again, and I, I even took that to the physical realm a couple of years ago with my surroundings. I used to not care about, you know, room decor that much or with a couple other things, you know, physically around me, but then it became, like, important to me, and I wanted to, like, express and, you know, really lock down and define and, you know, make appealing to me i guess um the things in my life uh that you know kind of spoke volumes about me and that connected with everything from you know my world physically to my work to my papers to my paintings and now to my podcast and it's you know kind of crazy uh, how I at first like would not at all 
you know, identify with perfectionism. I always thought like, oh, those are the people who are, you know, A plus students and, you know, slightly OCD and like really need things particular. I kind of made the same um, definition for particular. I made just perfectionism, just particular. And I wasn't all that particular. I was particular in some ways, so I guess it's it's not one for one here. But I never I never identified with it, and turns out uh, I think I do have a bit of that. I definitely still don't think I have as much as my um, as some people in my life. But you know, there's 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 an amount of it, um, and it's and it's a source of fear, and that's what. You know, Elizabeth Gilberts talks about in her book. Um, she's no, she's no stranger to it, and she sees that the fear is really the true thing causing it. Um, the fear of being inadequate, always wanting to be good enough, and you know, I think I learned as a as a preteen teen that I was not going to be good enough. Um, ever basically i was never going to measure up to um other people's um my parents or my own standards it was just not it was just not going to happen uh, i couldn't measure up and i saw that so there's you know i think there's some my natural personality but also some experiences that negate that perfectionism um i think it's really the fear behind it as the motive main motivating factor like I think people with like big perfectionism have, you know, not the same experiences as me. Like they must have like very deep rooted experiences in not feeling like good enough or only being applauded for their, you know, perfect deeds and not, you know, their, you know, mediocre deeds and um, their fear, I feel like it just must be like, overcoming and burdensome whereas mine's like stinging and sharp but it's just like not nearly as present you know this perfectionism doesn't rule my life in the way i've seen it rule some other people's um which i'm grateful for but also man heart goes out to those people because it's not easy living like that um it's pretty taxing you know to live like that and um uh, yeah, there's, 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 I think though we, we all kind of deal with it, right? Am I right on this one? Um, in some way, shape or form, it's probably come out in something we've done, something we've cared about, um, whether it's parenting or drawing a picture, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty widespread, I'd say. Hmm. Uh, and just people's lives just trying to be good enough. Um, but uh, there's no one who's perfect. And I think we all have to learn. I have to learn. I'll speak for myself here. I have to learn, you know, when enough is enough, when good is good enough, and when I just have to call it. Um, and also giving, like, enough trust to... Uh, viewers of my creativity that they, um, you know, have 
the potential insight, intuition, perceptiveness to understand what I'm saying, even if I don't say it that well. Um, that's a potential outcome too. And just to roll with the punches, you know, like I don't always have to be understood. And if I'm misunderstood, hey, well, that's a part of life too. I, you know, can accept that along with the people who understand me. Um, and I feel like as long as I express myself, um, whether that be really accurately or semi-accurately, um, it's good to be um, vocal and vulnerable about things. And, you know, I think I need to pat myself on the back a bit more here because, you know, I think I would never have done this a couple years ago. Um, it's been my conscious effort and, you know, dedication to being vulnerable with, you know, myself, with the people in my life, with my uh, friends and everyone else, um, and really being like myself um, around others instead of just trying to, uh, I guess, survive and fit in. Um, and, you know, it's been a journey to get here to this point, but um, that's, you know, something I'm, you know, semi-proud of. I'm like, hey, you know, good job, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Um, yeah, and I hope this is, you know, reflectant of, you know, my journey, I guess. I mean, I have no idea what I just said there, but, um, yeah, that's kind of it for this podcast. Um, it was a lot about things I didn't know I was going to talk about, but I hope either way, um, that you enjoyed it and you stuck around here. If you're listening to this at the end, thank you, uh, for sticking around. It was not what I expected, but I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to say anything to me, um, or have any questions, suggestions, comments, uh, feel free to put it in the email. Uh, email me at theponderpodcast at gmail, and I'll probably get to it. I think that's it. Maybe leave a review if you like this on Apple and Google and all the other things. Uh, yeah, and that's really been it. This has been Aaron on The Ponder. Thanks for listening. <laughs>